welcome back to 4for4.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter. As always, I'm joined by John Paulson. How are we doing today, JP? Uh, I'm, <laughs> it's a crazy world out there, but I'm doing, I'm doing okay today. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll leave the politics to, to others. We'll, we, we'll stick with fantasy football here. Um, how about we talk first about the music that brought us in, then we'll get into the podcast today. Yeah, I was doing, uh, I did Ask Me Anything uh, while I was at my son's basketball practice. It's a socially distanced, uh, no contact, mask wearing basketball practice. It's outdoors. Everybody was wondering why my son's at basketball practice, but uh, they're doing it pretty safely. And our numbers in Orange County are really low. Uh, so some things have been opened, uh, but the name uh, of the song popped in my head, Ask Me Anything by The Strokes. I just realized we didn't have any strokes on the Most Accurate Podcast playlist. Uh, Ask Me Anything is a, uh, I would call it a ballad, uh, seventh track off of the 2006 album First Impressions of Earth. I believe I saw them perform this live, and it was pretty, uh, it was pretty good uh, at a show in Anaheim, so... Uh, check it out and add it to the Most Accurate Podcast playlist. You can find a link for that in the show notes. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Sports are finally back, as you know, in fantasy football, basketball playoffs for at least the time being. And we are recording this on Thursday, so game five tonight between the Heat and the Lakers. Uh, if you hear, hear this on Saturday, you may think to yourself, basketball players, the playoffs are over uh, if the Lakers win tonight. But baseball is still going on. You've got the postseason rolling. Golf is going on. NASCAR and a lot more, and FanDuel has you covered there. A couple of housekeeping items first, four for four. If you've been listening over the last couple of weeks, you know that we now have Discord. So to join, go to bit.ly slash 444discord. That's all in lowercase to verify your subscription and get started. And if you still haven't signed up for four for four, you can get a free four for four subscription to sign up for uh, or uh, subscription if you sign up for Monkey Knife Fight, which is a new na- daily fantasy site. You just need to be a new Monkey Knife Fight user and deposit $10 into your account after you sign up. The offer is good for a free 444 Classic Pro or DFS subscription, so it's up to a $99 value. It's a no-brainer, assuming that you live in one of the 35 approved states or Canada. Details can be found at bit.ly slash 444MKF. Again, that's all lower, lowercase. The offer is good for existing 444 subscribers as well. Just go through the process, and then all you have to do is email support at 444.com to let them know, and they'll add you. They'll add a year to your existing subscription. Let's go over some of the COVID issues that teams are facing, specifically with Tennessee. The Bills and the Titans game was postponed until Tuesday night, and that's provided that Tennessee doesn't have any more positive tests that pop up throughout the weekend. There are no more positive tests as of this morning, which is Friday morning, which means that as of now, the Titans game is on for the Bill, against the Bills on Tuesday. If that happens, Buffalo and Kansas City, Thursday night football, will be moved to Sunday, October 18th. Tennessee reportedly held unauthorized workouts when the facilities were closed. Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis were placed on the COVID IR list. John, how should owners handle this situation given all the uncertainty? <laughs> this is uh, yesterday when the, all this news was breaking. Uh, this is crazy, um, especially with the Titans just behaving badly, um, trying to keep their competitive edge or whatever after they had an outbreak in their facility, uh, meeting up, which is the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, they're supposed to be isolating to try to contain the virus. It just seems like the, 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 the team or the coach or whatever, don't they just don't get it. The organization doesn't get it. They don't get how this works. And that if you have an outbreak at your facility, you need to separate and continue to test to isolate the, the virus. Otherwise, you can't play. 
So maybe they just figured it out this week. I don't know. Um, there were talk. There was talk of, you know, perhaps having the Titans forfeit for their bad actions. Um, but as of right now, they're going to be allowed to play on Tuesday, provided they don't have any more positive tests. So as a fantasy owner, um, you know, I have Josh uh, Josh Allen in a in a uh, in a league, and I don't know whether or not to, you know, keep him in my starting lineup, hoping that he plays on Tuesday night or pick up a quarterback to stream on Sunday morning or even earlier if you have waivers that run earlier. Uh, there are leagues that have waivers that run on Wednesday and then they run on Friday and then you're done. You can't pick anybody up prior to uh, the action on Sunday. So I would prepare to have a backup plan, uh, have another option on your bench if if on Saturday or on Sunday they uh, the Titans reveal that they have had more positive tests because I think one more positive test in that uh, organization and that Tuesday game may be off. Um, so it's basically it feels like the season in a, in a way is on the nice knife's edge right now with uh, you know maybe they can keep pounding forward like this or you know plowing forward like this but it just seems like it's just so much chaos every week with all these outbreaks and and everything. So uh, long story short. Hopefully we know by Sunday morning that the Titans didn't have any further positives on Saturday or Sunday. And then at that point, I, I would feel relatively confident that the game's going to be on because that's, you know, three straight days of no extra, you know, no positive tests. They've been running pretty much a positive test every day. They had one day, I think, where they didn't have any. Um, so if they do three straight days, I think that that game at that point will be on. And then you're wondering about, you know, who you, you know, the Bills are all good plays. Um, the Titans, you know, Ryan Tannehill shorthanded. He's got two receivers out. Uh, he should get AJ Brown back. He's been, I know he hasn't been practicing, but they, they put out their estimated, uh, injury report and, uh, he was, would have been limited yesterday. So I think he's going to be back. Uh, it's a pretty good matchup, uh, for him, uh, presuming Tredavious White is out. He's been injured, uh, hobbled, uh, with, with an injury as well. So would keep, keep, a an eye on that. Uh, Derrick Henry's a fine start, uh, but just the Titans are going to be a little bit shorthanded uh, heading into this Tuesday night game. Let's talk about the New England-Denver game as well. That was postponed until Monday night due to Stephon Gilmore's positive test. Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider, reported that the Patriots had no more positive tests on Friday morning. That's good. So for now, John, that game is set for Monday night. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier that we were recording on Thursday. We're actually recording Friday morning. Um so this is the data information that we have uh, as of Friday morning. It looks like they're going to play. Uh, they're, they're, they're set for, it uh, looks like, 2 o'clock uh, Pacific, 5 o'clock uh, Eastern on Monday night. Uh, I, would, you know, I think the Patriots are probably um, trying to button this up pretty quickly. And I guess uh, Cam Newton has a chance to play as well, provided he's able to you know, test negative. Um, a couple, three times in a, you know, in a three straight times or two straight tests. I'm not exactly sure of the, uh, the criteria there, but we should know more Saturday or Sunday whether or not he has a chance to play. Otherwise, I would accept that I would expect uh, Stidham to play. Um, but maybe Brian Hoyer will be back in there. It's it's tough. It's a tough call there for who their, their starter is going to be without Cam Newton because but they both played last week and uh, neither played particularly well. Um, this game, I'm I'm more confident is going to happen, but. Uh, you know, anytime they're pushing games back and just waiting for 
bad news is uh, makes me a little bit nervous. Well, speaking of which, the Jets had a, presum- a uh, presumptive t- positive test on Friday morning and sent everyone home out of caution. Uh, you know, look, the, the, this is this is certainly not good. The they play the Arizona Cardinals and the Jets. They're just they bleed fantasy points from from an oppo- opponent opposing standpoint, and I know a lot of people probably have Kyler Murray. What's your read on the Jets Cardinals game at this point? I just pulled up the world worldometers.info just to underline a point that you know daily new cases in the United States are rising. Um, you know we did a good job through July into August of, of lowering the cases for the most part, but they're back to rising again. So as this, as it you know as the virus continues to spread in the country, we're going to have more and more of this uh, these types of weeks with the NFL because it's just there's more virus out there, there's more infections out there, and that means that the players are at greater risk, especially if they're not bubbling. And it can be hard to bubble, uh, frankly, for this many players and this many uh, coaches and other organization uh, workers. So just expect more chaos is what I'm saying. It's not like this uh, virus is going away anytime soon. Um, but this is tough because this is later in the week. They don't have a chance to get a couple. Well, they do, I guess. Uh, they probably will end up backing this game up as well as they discuss it. The Cardinals apparently are wondering, should we fly uh, to New York? Is this game possibly going to happen? When should we fly? So the, the league, I'm sure, is scrambling to, to figure that out. I, I'm guessing that the players, with it being a presumptive test, is being retested because sometimes there's false positive with these tests. You know, hopefully that's the case. It's a false positive and everything's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, assuming that it's negative, the Cardinals-Jets uh, game might be backed up to Monday or Tuesday as well. Let's talk about Justin Herbert, the rookie who really impressed last week. He didn't throw for a ton of yards, but he was 20 of 25, and he had an average yards per attempt of almost 12 yards per, per pass attempt. He was really impressive in Tampa. He was just named the starter in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. What, what's your what's your overall impressions of Herbert as a fantasy quarterback, and then how he impacts the skill position players around him? Well, he's I mean it's pretty funny watching the uh, Hard Knocks and just kind of watching him operate, and they just seemed a lot more confident. Tyrod Taylor being the you know knowing what's happening and <laughs> understanding the offense and and all that stuff, but um, he's got a big arm. Uh, and he really has shown through his starts that uh, he's capable and ready to go. I mean, they, they drafted him to be the starter and he's proving that he can keep uh, the team competitive and he's not falling flat on his face. So um, I think you're looking at Herbert as the, as the starter for the remainder of the season, uh, provided he's healthy um, and he doesn't completely fall flat on his face. It's been good for uh, Keenan Allen specifically. It seems like his targets have really been consistent with Herbert under center, he was also uh, throwing the ball a lot to Austin Eckler, but Eckler's out now, so uh, interesting to see how that uh, backfield shakes out. I'm, I'm expecting a lot of Joshua Kelly, you know, as the lead back, but he's you know fumbled a couple times, so you know I could see him taking a backseat to Justin Jackson because Justin Jackson had a good season last year from an efficiency standpoint, yards per carry standpoint. Uh, Kelly's bigger guy; I think he's more of the goal line back, uh, more capable of being goal line back than uh, Justin Jackson. So um, overall. It's probably, I mean, we didn't really get to see much of Tyrod Taylor in this offense, which is one game against the Bengals, and that was a pretty ugly game. So, um, you know, Herbert, uh, 
with the defense kind of banged up, uh, this offense has you know put up some points, and it's probably a good good thing for for all the players, uh, especially uh, Keenan Allen. All right, let's talk about Kyle Allen because he was just named the starter in Washington. Dwayne Haskins not only demoted to to backup, he was demoted all the way to third string. Alex Smith is actually the backup to Kyle Allen as Washington prepares for the Rams. What does this mean for the offense? Well, I was looking at the Kyle Allen deep balls and uh, Dwayne Haskins deep ball uh, accuracy for last season and this season. Uh, Well, you know, Colin hasn't attempted any passes this season, but um, Haskins Haskins has, and they're both pretty inaccurate when it comes to the deep ball, uh, according to PFF. So I don't think that this is necessarily a downgrade for uh, Terry McLaurin. I mean, he obviously had a rapport with Haskins that he doesn't necessarily have with Allen, but um, it's not like the, the deep ball accuracy is going to take a big jump Allen was terrible last year throwing the ball to Curtis Samuel. I think Samuel had, I want to say Samuel had 27 deep ball attempts and only five were deemed catchable. Um, And most of those were from Kyle Allen. Uh, So it has me a little worried, Um, but it wasn't like they were getting great quarterback play. Uh, So who knows? I think the interesting name there you mentioned was Alex Smith, and we'll see how Kyle Allen does as a starter, but we could see Alex Smith again, and I think he'd be... Uh, you know, his comeback story. And, you know, we, we've seen him, you know, function at a high level and play at a high level uh, in the NFL. And if he's back, then that would uh, maybe give the, this offense a boost. Yeah, I'd, I'll be rooting for him. That's for sure. I mean, the, the fact that he almost lost his leg in that nasty injury a couple of years ago for him to battle back. And they've shown a lot of the, the, the documentaries on him and just really impressive dude. And, and I'll, I'll be rooting for him if he does get his shot again. And I, I feel like that's coming at some point. Jimmy Garoppolo practiced the last two weeks, or last two games, excuse geez, last two days, John. Uh, <laughs> he was limited, but he did practice. He's got a great matchup against Miami's secondary, but do you trust him as a, as a QB1? Uh, we'll see if he's the starter. We'll we'll see if they push him back and, and make him the starter. I, I don't know if that's the case. Uh, we'll find out more today and tomorrow um, as to what the plan is with him. Obviously, he's the best quarterback that they have. Um, and uh, if he is back in the lineup, I think it's a boost for the whole entire offense. And I think he's startable, actually, at, you know, against the Dolphins. I mean, this is a pretty good matchup for Garoppolo. I would trust him. Uh, if he is going to be the starter. Cam Akers has resumed practicing in full. He he reportedly was limited on Wednesday before Thursday's full session, but Akers uh, looks like he's going to return. Do you, what, what do you make of this Rams backfield situation? You know, I told Andy Barons on his podcast over at Yahoo that my worst cut uh, of the season was uh, cutting Daryl Henderson uh, when he was injured uh, heading into week one. Um and I regretted it, but then last week Henderson took a back seat to Malcolm Brown, which was kind of a surprise after running really well for two weeks. So I think what we're, we're getting a preview of is what this backfield is going to be like uh, all season. They're, they're going to be rotating, and uh, whoever gets a hot hand is probably going to get more snaps in that particular game. That makes it a nightmare for fantasy owners. I do think they drafted Cam Akers to be the starter. They wanted him to start. They gave him the starting nod in the first two games. He didn't run particularly well. I don't think in the first game he had many opportunities, really space to run in. Uh, Malcolm Brown's plays looked better than his Akers plays did. Um, and then, you know, he, then he went out with a rib injury uh, and Henderson took over and kind of ran with the job. And then all of a sudden now Brown is back in front. So, 
it's just going to be a headache. So I'm just sitting on acres in a league and just having him on my bench and, and hoping that he uh, eventually works his way into the starting role again and, and you know becomes a, a productive fantasy back. Joe Mixon is dealing with a shin injury. He was limited on Thursday. Any concern that he won't face the Ravens? Uh, shin injury, probably not too serious. We'll see what happens today. If he's out today, then maybe it's a pretty serious bruise or uh, something going on with the shin. Uh, but, you know, he had that late week chest injury last week and then ended up sc- having his best game of the season, scoring three touchdowns. Uh, so, he, you know, I would assume he'd be out there uh, this week, but we'll, we'll know more today and tomorrow. All right, here's a Le'Veon Bell update. Now, remember, we mentioned earlier in the podcast that the Jets, all the players were sent home following what, what is assumed to be a positive COVID test. But Le'Veon Bell, he was practicing this week and could be activated on Sunday, assuming that the Jets do play the Cardinals. I would imagine, John, it's a little too soon to get him back in your fantasy lineup, though, correct? Yeah, I mean, he apparently is feeling better than he did week one, which is great for him, and um, that's 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 awesome. But I would wait and see what this offense looks like with Bell back in there. Only if you're desperate would you want to run him out there. You know, he'll, he'll be a volume guy probably. Uh, it's not like Frank Gore has earned more touches. Um, no offense to Frank Gore. Uh, but, uh, you know, this this Jets offense is kind of a mess, and I, I would wait to see what sort of production you can get out of Bell before, you know, trusting him in your starting lineup. And then finally, Raheem Mostert, he's back at practice for the 49ers. If he returns, what does that do to Jarek McKinnon's workload? Because I know a lot of people have been using Jarek McKinnon as either a flex or a running back, too. Yeah, he's uh, he's been productive from a touchdown standpoint. Um, just looking at his uh, – Game logs, 14 carries, 38 yards against the, the Giants, 14 carries, 54 yards against Philly. Philly's got a good rush defense. I don't know if the Giants necessarily do. He's been uh, – McKinnon has 10 catches for, you know, looks like uh, 82 yards over the two games, uh, scored two touchdowns. So I don't think he's, like, run away with the job. I think he's been productive for fantasy purposes, especially in PPR formats. But, you know, 14 carries, you know, under 60 yards in both games. Uh, I think they are looking at Raheem Mostert as the starter when he comes back, and I think you're looking at McKinnon as like the Tevin Coleman, you know, rotator rotating back, and maybe the guy who's getting a lot of work in the passing game because he is better as as a pass catcher than he is as a as a runner right now. The Most Accurate Podcast is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. This year, FanDuel is now offering daily snake, snake drafts. Snake drafts are the simplest way to try daily fantasy. Draft live just as the just like you do in, in a season-long fantasy, but with winners every, every game day. The best of seasonal drafting with DFS. It's all in one. This is how it works. All you have to do is find a daily snake draft. You draft your team live. Draft start as soon as the contest fills, and then you and your opponents will draft six players in a six-round draft with 30 seconds per pick. Unlike other FanDuel contests, there is no salary cap. I really like this concept because FanDuel continues to look at ways to uh, advance, and, and they, they do a, just a tremendous job with their, their leagues as it is. But this is another way that it's you know you can actually draft draft against other people. And no other owners in the contest will have players that, that that you have as well. So it's a little bit different than their normal leagues. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. No deposit is required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash T-M-A-P or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. 
FanDuel, more ways to win. Again, FanDuel.com slash T-M-A-P. More injury updates. Uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, I'm sure they destroyed a lot of fantasy owners on Monday night against your Packers, John. Specifically, Calvin Ridley, who didn't even have a catch. He was limited at practice on Thursday. Julio Jones did not practice yesterday. They're, the Falcons are at home against the Panthers. Do you trust either of them in, in a fantasy contest? Well, I would I would play Calvin Ridley. He's, he's I mean, he had the bad game against the Packers, nearly missed on a couple of deep balls. Um, I think the Packers are scheming to take him away once Julio left. Uh, so I would, I, I would start uh, Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver one, given what he had, has done this season. I, I just looked up Julio, what they're doing on Friday with him. Uh, they're gonna, he's going to test his hamstring. Uh, Quinn's quote on Julio Jones, quote, he's continuing to work through the strength in his hamstring. We'll see what it looks like after he'll do some running today on the side. Uh, if he's able to have good strength, then we can move forward. But if he doesn't, then we won't. It sounds like if he feels pretty good today, then they will uh, move forward like they're going to play him on Sunday. They do play it, uh, the early game on Sunday, so we should know Sunday morning whether or not uh, he's going to play. Uh, trust level there is fairly low since he was an early um, departure from the Packer game. I think he didn't come out at halftime. Uh, so, you know, he could he's definitely at risk of re-injury, but he's Julio Jones. So if he's playing, you, unless he's limping around in warm-ups, then you probably would – he's probably better than your other options at the receiver position, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, this is a tough situation because he hasn't been – fully productive this year he hasn't looked normal this year but he's still Julio Jones and you you know you drafted him to start him not to sit on your bench all right Michael Thomas Jared Cook they were both limited on practice we'll start off with Michael Thomas he got actually some limited practices in last week before not suiting up against the Lions the Saints and the Chargers play on Monday night so Thomas will have an extra day of rest same deal with Jared Cook he didn't practice last week and then he sat out against the Lions he too has got an extra day to get healthy for week five. What's your what's your read on the Saints situation? Well, this is one of those situations where they have the bye the following week. So that's tempting to just sit them out and give them two weeks to, to get fully healthy before you know week seven comes. Uh, I saw one uh, beat writer say that watch, you know, look for the the, the Saints to be really coy with, with Thomas. Uh, you know, have him questionable heading into Monday night uh, and probably hold him out because, uh, you know, they have the bye the following week. And, you know, if they can get a win against the Chargers, who are also banged up uh, at home uh, without having to run Thomas out there and then they get a fully or relatively healthy, you know, Thomas in week seven, that's a, that's a better situation for them than to, you know, risk it with, with Thomas on Monday night. So, this is one of those situations where you hope you get a Schefter Rappaport tweet, but you know it being on Monday night, they don't always have the information in front of them or get that information uh, in time for uh, Sunday morning. So I would plan to be without uh, Thomas unless he's a full participant today or Saturday. Uh, you know, you could Traquan Smith might still be out there depending on how shallow your league is. Um, you could go. You could uh, Guyton for uh, for the Chargers might be playable uh, in a in a pinch if you want to wait on Thomas. Uh, Manuel Sanders might still be out there, but uh, you know I wouldn't count on Thomas given the bye or or Cook for that matter given the bye in Week Seven. All right. Or I'm sorry, Week yeah, Six. Week six. Uh, week six. Uh, John Brown is dealing with a calf injury. He's hobbling pretty badly, or at least he was on Thursday. Are Gabriel Davis or Cole Beasley worth a start? 
yes, uh, assuming that this game happens. Uh, I saw a video of Brown. He returned to pra- He didn't practice on Wednesday. He returned to practice on Thursday. I saw a video of him catching a ball uh, on like an out route in the end zone, and then he was limping really badly after that. I don't know how much uh, more he did. It looks like uh, he was listed as limited. So I'm interested to see what he does today, if anything, because it looked bad. Uh, so I took him out of the. It looked like to me like he had re-injured his calf or tweaked it. Um, so I took him out of the rankings. Uh, moved Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley up. Uh, they both look like wide receiver four types for me. Uh, in the game that Brown was limited, he played less than 50% of the snaps. Davis had four catches for 81 or 82 yards. Uh, he's a rookie. He caught a touchdown uh, as well this season, and he, look, he looks really good. So I, you know, I think he's a pretty he's an upside type play. Whereas Beasley is, you know, your six to eight target uh, PPR play, where he could probably get you 10 to 12 points, uh, you know, by going five for five for 55. Um, uh, in this game against the the Titans. All right, before we get to the Thursday night game, which wound up being um, almost kind of a stinker for, for fantasy purposes, but really interesting for the NFC at large, Mark Andrews, he's got a thigh injury. He was limited on Thursday, but I'm assuming, John, that he's a must play if he does play. Yeah, uh, monitor this on Friday. We brought this up on the pod because if you have Andrews, you just need to be aware that he was, uh, did, was a little dinged up here on Thursday, and we'll see what he does on Friday. All right, so Thursday night football. Tom Brady, I've never seen this before, not that he admitted to it, but he, he Johnny looked like he forgot how many downs or what down it was when he threw that fourth quarter pass. Um, <laughs> he looked at the camera, he looked at the referees, he, he held up four fingers. It was, it was a terrible pass in terms of you know, the, where the down and distance was and all that. He, he looked like he was trying to get a big chunk of yardage, yardage back, uh, not necessarily going for a first down. It's just, it wasn't a good throw. So the Bears win 20 to 19. Let's start off with the Bucks. Brady was 25 of 41 for a touchdown, no picks, two, 253 yards. The offense stalled most of the night, though. Ronald Jones had a really nice 37-yard carry in the third quarter. He finished with 106 yards on 17 carries. He also caught three of five targets for... 19 yards, no scores for him. Tyler Johnson, four catches for 61 yards. Gronk got a little bit more action than what we've seen in previous weeks. He caught three passes for 52 yards. Cameron Brait, five catches for uh, 44 yards. Mike Evans, five catches for 41 yards. And those that kind of covers the the Thursday night game from the Buccaneers side. What's your observations there? Yeah, and Evan, yeah Evans had that touchdown as well, so he ended up with a pretty good night fantasy-wise You know, on that hobbled. He was hobbled on that ankle. Um, I just want to bring up Jones because, you know, they Fournette was active, but uh, Jay Glazer let us all know that it was an emergency situation only. So, you know, I, I, Jones was bouncing around my rankings a little bit because I was a little bit worried that Fournette was going to steal some carries from him, but it, he didn't He didn't play at all, it doesn't look like. So, um, and Vaughn didn't even get as much work as I thought he, he might uh, as the backup. Uh, Jones did nearly have a touchdown. He had that catch uh, in the early in the game where he kind of rolled into the end zone, but I guess they ruled him uh, down. I left right after that. Uh, I was celebrating his touchdown, but it appeared, apparently he right. uh, that ended up going to Mike Evans. A good good production day from Jones. Just the touchdowns are not there, and I think what they when they do get into the red zone, they're looking to throw it uh, with Brady and Evans and you know whoever else they want to throw to in the in the, in the red zone or in the green zone. Uh, so you can't really cut, count on a lot of rushing touchdowns for Jones, uh, but did have a productive day 
running the ball for sure and, and was involved as a receiver. All right, uh, from the Bears' standpoint, you had Nick Foles, 30 of 42, 243 yards, a touchdown and a pick. He he did the Nick Foles, Nick Foles thing, John, where he toggled between uh, magnificent pr- pr- production and then, you know, miserable production. So that's just seemingly what you get out of Nick Foles. David Montgomery only carried the ball 10 times for 29 yards, but he did score. He also caught seven passes on eight targets for 30 yards. So his fantasy numbers look pretty good. Allen Robinson had a monster night. Didn't score, but on 16 targets, he caught 10 of them for 90 yards. Cordero Patterson caught three of the three targets that he saw for 38 yards, and the one other touchdown went to Jimmy Graham, who's got, I think, what, three touchdowns now on the year? I know he caught a couple against the Falcons, so the dust off Jimmy Graham. He's got four touchdowns now uh, on the year. Yeah, I feel like he's trolling us at 4-4 because he, he, had, he had three catches for 33 yards uh, and a touchdown, and we always... When somebody has four for forty-four, we always, you know, we enter them into the, we admit them into the four for four club, nice. four, four for four club, um, and he, but he went for three for thirty-three and a touchdown. Really nice one-yard grab or one-handed grab uh, for the touchdown. I think what we're seeing, a couple things. David Montgomery is getting, I mean, seventeen touches. Wasn't they weren't able to run the ball well, but they got him involved, very involved as a receiver. So he's getting that Tariq Cohen work. With eight targets, if he gets that sort of work, he's going to be a, a decent RB2. Um, this would have been a rough night for him if he had not gotten that one touchdown. Uh, so that's, I mean, that, that was kind of a surprise that he scored a touchdown on the ground against the, the Bucks, who are really good against uh, running backs. Allen Robinson, uh, 16 targets. So this whole Nick Foles thing is is doing with doing for uh, Robertson, Robinson what we thought Uh it was going to do at the start of the season when you know he was competing with uh, Mitch Trubisky to be the, the quarterback. That Foles is a little more accurate. Uh, he's peppering Robinson with with targets. Robinson can kind of get open whenever he wants, even in tough matchups like like this one. Uh, so he's he's looking like a, a solid wide receiver one uh, moving forward. The only other player I wanted to mention is Scotty Miller. I didn't mention him uh, with the, when we talked about the Bucks, but this was a nice spot for him. But he's questionable coming in. He did play forty plus snaps um and just didn't wasn't part of the the game plan and didn't look like it he didn't have a single catch and that was a big disappointment for anybody who started him. let's do some sneaky starts in week five we'll start up with a couple of quarterbacks a few quarterbacks that you like teddy bridgewater against the falcons uh anybody that's watched falcons play this year knows that they're uh terrible defensively but they're also banged up i mean there there was three guys that they're playing that were off their practice squad on monday night i mean they're just decimated uh, Injury-wise, they they were down to like their fourth safety. I was getting text messages throughout the night, John, when the Falcon when our teams were playing, and people were like, "Boy, the Falcons' defense is terrible." I'm like, "Yes, they are terrible. They're they're also, I mean, I I started a snap on 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 Monday night before I got hurt, John. So, um, just not a not a great <laughs> not a great moment for Dan Quinn or the Falcons, but for Teddy Bridgewater and those that want to pick up Teddy Bridgewater, it's a great matchup. Yeah, and this is uh, you know I put I, I listed three here for us to talk about because you know with the, with what's going on with Tennessee and and Buffalo, people might be looking for a, a pivot from uh, or a backup plan for Josh Allen and um, you know the other games that are being moved around as well. So Bridgewater had the good game last week. Uh, the Falcons, as you mentioned, have been really bad against the pass. Three twenty-seven and four touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers three sixteen and four to Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky combined. 450 yards and a touchdown to Dak Prescott, and then 322 yards and four touchdowns to Russell Wilson. 
Uh, Bridgewater is averaging uh, 8.14 yards per attempt. He scored at least 14.5 points uh, in three or four games, which isn't that amazing, but he had 276 yards and two touchdowns uh, against the Cardinals last week, including 32 yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground. So he had a nice, really nice game against the Cardinals last week. I would expect this to be a you know a fairly high scoring game and for Bridgewater to have a nice a nice I day. imagine you like Kirk Cousins for similar reasons with Seattle's defense not playing well. Yeah, he's uh you know thrown for a combined 511 yards and four touchdowns uh over the last uh, two weeks. He's got Justin Jefferson going now, so they have two good weapons uh at receiver uh and the, the Seahawks have been uh pretty bad against the the passes this uh year and you know the 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, they're likely to score some points on the Vikings. So I think the Cousins and the Vikings are going to have to throw the ball more than they'd like. And then finally, you, as you mentioned, you want to give op- three options here with, with so much uncertainty surrounding some of the teams dealing with, with COVID. Daniel Jones the, of the Giants, he's facing the, the uh, Cowboys on the road. And, again, there's a theme going on here. He's got a great matchup with a bad secondary. Yeah, I also mention uh, Justin Herbert uh, because he plays on Monday night. That buys you an extra day if you're worried about Josh Allen. Uh, he, he's not ranked as high in my rankings against the Saints, but they're pretty banged up at receiver. Uh, or, I'm sorry, at cornerback. So uh, he is more of a risky play. I guess Daniel Jones is pretty risky too, but Herbert's pretty risky against a better defense um, than than Jones is. But he plays it you know on Monday, so that would uh, help fantasy owners. But as for Jones... Uh, the Cowboys have given up 11 touchdown passes in the last three games. There's, their defense isn't stopping anyone. They're scoring a lot of points. And I think this is the, the game. You know, We knew that Jones was going to have a tough time at the start of the season due to a really tough schedule, and this is the game where, or the week that we think that he's going to uh, get it going a little bit and going to have to throw the ball. And um, The Cowboys haven't put up much of a fight through the air this, uh, this season. All right, a couple of running backs. One, Joshua Kelly. Why do you like Joshua Kelly this week? against the uh, the Chargers are playing the Saints on Monday night. Yeah, Austin Eckler's out for five to six weeks. Kelly has been playing ahead of Jackson, but Jackson had an injury to start the season, so I, I think that he may work into a larger role than maybe people think. Uh, this might be a 55-45 or a 60-40 thing to start, but Kelly had a f- couple fumbles lately and is maybe a little bit dicey, and people are a little bit nervous about starting him, but I think uh, for this game he'll he'll – He'll get the start and have the lion's share of the of the touches, and as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, then uh, he'll probably keep Jackson at bay. Uh, he hasn't run specific, you know, particularly effectively this season, but he looked great in camp, and I think that's why they they were trusting him um, as the one B to to Eckler to start the season. He saw uh, after Eckler left the game uh, in Week Four, Kelly saw 17 looks, which are carries plus targets while Jackson saw eight. So I think we're looking at a two-to-one ratio right now. The Saints are pretty good against the run, uh, but the raw numbers, they're good against the run as far as adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs, but the raw numbers are not particularly impressive. They've given up 28.8 touches for 115 total yards and 1.25 touchdowns to opposing uh, backfield so far this season. All right, and then finally, from a running back standpoint, sneaky start, Brian Hill, the backup for the Falcons. Why do you like him? Yeah, sometimes I look... uh, for the, for the RB2 um, w- with these teams that have a really good matchup. So the Carolina's 32nd adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Um, they've given up 30.8 touches, 160 yards, two touchdowns, two opposing backfields this season. So, you know, Hill saw uh, 10 touches in week three. Uh, he had a long touchdown run against the Bears. He only saw six touches against the, the Packers. Uh, but that 
game kind of got out of control uh, for the on the Falcons' side, so it wasn't that competitive. They weren't able to stick with the run as long as they would like. Um, he's not like a confident player, but if you need a desperation flex, uh, Hill could uh, end up with you know like ten touch uh, ten carries for sixty. 50, 60 yards and a touchdown for him. All right, and then McCole Hardman, Hardman is one of your wide receiver plays this week. The Chiefs have a great matchup at home against the Raiders. Yeah, his his uh, snaps are increasing a little bit. He played or he ran more routes than Demarcus Robinson last week, which is not a first, but uh, significant because the pecking order there is key for Hardman. If he can work into the third receiver. Uh, role there for the for the Chiefs his, he becomes a fantasy starter and I think he's kind of doing that uh but you know his, his snaps only 46 percent last week were a little bit low uh you know for comfort I guess so too you know too low for comfort but um it seems like his role is increasing and certainly the routes indicate that he had a touchdown in back-to-back games and you know Patrick Mahomes and this offense is so productive that uh, you want to get a piece of it if you can and you know as a wide receiver three wide receiver four flex type I think Hardman's startable all right one more wide receiver and we'll give out a couple of tight ends as well Tim Patrick he is uh there well I guess I guess Monday night hopefully no no more positive tests for the Patriots but Tim Patrick of the Broncos (laughs) will face off against New England hopefully again on Monday night yeah and uh they're missing Gilmore uh Patrick had four for 43 and a touchdown in week three, and then followed that up with six for 113 and a touchdown in week four against the Jets. Uh, KJ Hamler is out with a hamstring injury. Noah Fant is probably out uh, as well. So you're looking at a lot of Judy, a lot of uh, Patrick probably, at, you know, in the in the Denver passing game. And Drew Locke might be back as well, which in theory is an upgrade. Um, so, you know, I like Patrick as a uh, waiver wire pickup this week for, for teams that needed wide receiver help. He looked, looked good and, uh, as long as he's healthy and, and playing, I think he's a, a decent sneaky start. Eric Ebron of the Steelers, he continues to find the end zone after doing so a lot last year with the Colts. He scored a touchdown in week three. What do you think about his matchup with the Eagles? Yeah, I notice he's uh, being ranked uh, by my peers uh, lower than what I'm ranking him as. He's played 75% or more of the snaps in the last uh, two weeks, he had five for 52 and a touchdown on seven targets against Houston. Um, and then you look at what the, the Eagles have given up at, at the tight end position. Uh, 15 catches for, <laughs> this is not, this is one game, Anthony. 15 catches for 183 yards and a touchdown to George Kittle last wow. week. Uh, they faced Tyler Higby and gave up five for 54 and three touchdowns. And then in week one, they gave up four for 37 and a touchdown to Logan Thomas. Uh, so they have a history of uh, giving up uh, touchdowns <laughs> and I lots of yards so. to tight ends. So that's right now that's what three, four, five touchdowns in four games to, to tight ends. Uh, so I think you know Ebron. The question with him heading into the season was how many snaps is he going to play? Is he going to be a full time tight end? And if he's playing seventy five percent of the snaps, I think he's a he's a nice sneaky start this week against. All the right, Eagles. last uh, tight end Jordan Aikens of the Texans. They're at home against the Jaguars in search of their first win. Yeah, he had a uh, concussion last week, so he was uh, knocked out of that game. And But he was back at practice yesterday. I'm interested to see if he is able to practice again today. Obviously, keep an eye on that if you need a tight end. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are 23rd in just a fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They gave up 3 for 47 to Drew Sample, 1 for 15, a touchdown to Mike Kosicki. 
and four for 84 and two to Janu Smith in the last three weeks. And uh, Aikens has been, you know, an 80% snapped guy and has been a key component of that passing offense uh, for the, for Houston all year. So, you know, so far, and uh, he's a good yak guy. He makes yards after the catch. Uh, he makes plays. He's a former baseball player, I believe. Um, so, uh, you know, good all around athlete. And if he's playing, he's active. I think, you know, I have him ranked in that 15 to 20 range. All right. That'll do it for John Paulson. You can follow him at four for four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. We appreciate you listening. Good luck this weekend as uh, we head into week five or we continue with week five and we'll be back next week on four for four.com. the most accurate podcast. Love, love fight to survive. I got nothing else.